Praise shop. God, Praise Duncan. Praise God. I tell you what. I love it. I tell you what, Sean. What, man? Uh, that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Probably I the mean, best. I mean, I was having the time of my life, and everybody else thought so too as well. Great. I mean, I tell you what, Ben Fuller is the I love real that guy. deal. I mean, how many of you say we're bringing him in for our anniversary, our next anniversary? Let's do it. Lead worship for us. Praise God. That for- was an incredible night. Hey, there was multiple times through the other night you were actually had your phone t- posted. To, uh, looked at, you had your phone towards me, and you're, I thought you were recording videos. I'm not much on social media. I didn't realize that I was, uh, you know, on all. Everybody's like, "Man, saw you on uh, Facebook," and I'm like, "What? Saw something on Facebook? What you're are we talking Facebook about?" And Instagram, and man, I'm, I'm, we wanted to give a behind the scenes of the day. I loved it. People loved it. I didn't. I went back that. and watched a few of them. So I thought maybe it was such we a should great start idea. doing that on Sunday. Every mornings. Sunday morning, behind the scenes. It Let could us be know cool. if you want more. You Sean, can see Casey's life, Jody's life, Pastor Jamie's life, everybody behind the scenes. The day Sunday in the mornings. life of the Pastor day Jamie. Pastor. I'll be just good. follow him around all day. He'd love yeah, that. That's cool. Which, by hey, the way, go ahead. the last episode, Mike Plain talked oh. about Jamie's nerve for. We're actually going to have Jamie on soon and get his side. Rebuttal. So. Get his side of the story. But now we have a guest on. Not really a guest around here. But no, not a guest at all. Brent Ludwig. Come which on. Give is it up one of Brent. our sponsors. Um. Yeah, Brent Ludwig, is, better he? call Brent, 618-779-4509. You can call Brent for all your realtor needs. He can talk about interest, interest rates. Uh, he's also a main guy as well. Word. So whatever you want, like better, call Brent. better call Brent. Once again, 618-779-4509. How much that costs? I'm glad your phone number's all over now. Sorry, Brent. Yep. Blow up his phone and tell him you love call him. Call him. Shoot him a text message. But Brent, yes. introduce yourself. Your family? How long you been here? I'm Brent. <laughs> I've uh, been here. My family's been here since 2011. So right when it started, yeah, we were about six months in. Okay. I think we came about six months in at the old little building on the Rap Street. Uh, my family consists of Which myself. Which you live right down the street from it, pretty much. What three blocks? Yeah, Four blocks? Yeah. Not a, too bad. This one's a lot closer for me, though. Yeah. Saved me a couple blocks. But. Uh, my wife, Michelle, and my two sons, Grant and Gregory. And now, How old are your boys? Oh, he would ask that. Oh. Gregory's easy because he just happened. He's 14, and Grant is 23. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you how old Michelle is. Yeah, you're, that's not a wise idea. Yeah. She does communications and writing. She's a writer. Works for the Lutheran Church World Headquarters. That's awesome. And what you do else? maintenance around here? I do maintenance around yeah. here. What other kind of stuff you do at the church? How do you volunteer? Oh, that's How do you right. serve? My church, I'm on the praise team. I sing. Praise team? What's the praise team? I, I'm sorry, worship band. Oh, worship be, band. I do. Yeah, it worship could be band. Could, no, I like it. I like it. Praise, praise God. Team. Praise God. The praise God team. What else 100%. is it? But you want to say safety Sing team mostly. No? Play bass used to a little bit. Still can if I need it. I haven't it. seen you on the bass in a long time. And uh, yeah, you want safety, safety team? team. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do whatever's needed. Talk to and us a little youth, bit about and youth. And youth. And I youth, forgot yeah. about youth that. Leader. You've been a youth leader for 30 years, right? 35. But tell us about one of the things that I know that a lot of people don't know about you, but maybe if they've been here for a while, but you're pretty passionate about a homeless ministry and you have a homeless ministry that you kind of help facilitate and be a part of. Tell us a little bit about that, Brent. I'm passionate about helping anybody that's in need. So mm-hmm. it varies from we work with a lot of homeless people. We also do a lot with uh, refugees that are coming into the country where they need furniture. So we collect, kind of getting out of that a little bit because we're people we're helping don't. But we get furniture and things they need to survive. 
Sweet. And they first get here and we deliver it to them. But homeless people, I like to take people down and give them an opportunity to experience ministry on the streets. Yeah. And that's basically the easiest way I found to do it. We need to get you to take some adult teams down. I know you take some youth teams down all the time, but get some adult teams down. And you just, I mean, you literally drive down there and you got you guys pack some goodie bags and Great thing for life groups to do. If you're a life group, like jump in with Brent and call Brent at. I was going to say, if you're interested in helping with that, is this for Brent? Do you want me to give your number out again? You can call Brent at 618-779-4509 or text him and tell him you're interested in helping people in need. He's always willing to take people out. I do custom trips. Talk about what you did this summer. Um, What was the organization called? Uh, I'm guessing our nonprofit Extreme Faith. Yeah. 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 We started that in... uh, 2001, I believe, we started it by just going downtown, feeding the homeless, and a group of me and four kids that would ride in my truck, and we'd go down and feed the homeless. I'd buy hamburgers at McDonald's. They'd buy toothbrushes, toothpaste, and soap, shampoo, and we'd go down every Friday night, hand it out on the streets, and we started by about 30 people we'd work with each time, and that kind of escalated up to where we were feeding about 250. That's awesome. And... Can you share this story? I don't know if you remember it or not. You told oh, me no. I know where one going. time, uh, it was me and Caleb, we were in the parking lot, we got back from Six Flags. It was a veteran that you met, and then he came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ma and Pa. That's one of my favorite testimonies. Homeless outreach is hard because you oftentimes don't see the success. Because like, if you help them enough that they get motivated to get off the streets, one day you come and they're just gone. So wow, you don't yeah. know if they're dead or um, in it. jail yeah. or they came off. So one time uh, there was a cu- couple, and they lived in a warehouse for years. We'd known them for like three or four years. Never saw them sober. Uh, hmm. One night I was, we were driving down. I just felt God telling me that I should cut them off from anything bec- that we would give them other than food and supplies because we we've helped put them up in hotels when they had job interviews. We'd do all kinds of stuff like that. And he just told me to cut him off. So when we found him, I took him aside and we told him, you know, I'll give you food. I'll give you, you know, hygiene products, but you're cut off from anything else until you stop drinking. And they gave me the cry. We're not, we're not alcoholics. We just, you know, drink to quit yeah. shaking. I'm like, well, that's the definition of an alcoholic. Yeah. So we did that and I cut him off and then they were gone again. Same process. They were gone. About it. A year later, I guess it was, a year and a half, I can't remember exactly, about a year. And uh, I was on stage, and I was leading the song. Was it here or somewhere else? Over at my other church. I was on stage leading the song, and it's a big auditorium, and right down the middle comes this army guy, full-dressed uniform, had no idea who he was. And he walked in, sat down, about fourth row, and I'm still singing, and I couldn't get my eyes off of him. Then the woman walked in. And I recognized her, and they were both really clean, well-dressed, and I put the mic down in the middle of the song, walked off stage. Wow. And ran over and gave him a big hug, and he told me that the night I prayed for them, the next morning, he checked himself into rehab at the VA. Wow. And they re-enlisted him, and he was going over to learn truck driving, and he was going over to Iraq. That's amazing. Incredible story. He wouldn't have been alive if I hadn't have done exactly what God told me to do that day. That's incredible. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. So, I mean, how cool just the faithfulness of us serving and being obedient and doing what God's calling, sharing the love of God. Uh, I mean, it's awesome that you got to see that transform that couple's life. 
But like you said, oftentimes you don't even know, but that yeah. doesn't mean we stop. We just keep on doing it. Yeah. That's really good. Doing it for 20 some years. So. Yeah. Well, Brett, hey, listen, I know that um, we know a little bit about your story and uh, I know that there was a season in your life, there's a moment in your life, there's a pretty significant event. I know we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, and before that event, you're kind of, you know, church kid, you're like going after God kind of thing. And then this thing happened, you know, um, early on or probably in your whatever, I'll let you tell the story. Tell and it just kind of transformed how you approach God. And so we tell us about it. Let's hear about it. So I, I did. I grew up in a church. I grew up in the church right down the street here from this building. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there from the time I have any recollection. But we were uh, every Sunday, no matter what, even on vacation, we'd find a church and we'd go because we had to be there every Sunday. But I really never had an experience with God. Your parents are obviously very involved then with yeah, the church. Yeah, your yeah, dad, yeah. I remember you remember just in the conversations we've had, your dad was a musician, yeah. sings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was he was uh, basically a professional musician. That's how we we lived the life. The life I grew up in, we were kind of like I don't know. We were like a perfect family. You know, we had sure. the, the house. Everything was paid for. We mm-hmm. traveled more than most people back in those days, because my dad worked full time in construction as a superintendent, and then he would play on weekends at least one to two music jobs. He was a professional wow. musician, play, and he used that money so we could go on vacations. So that's awesome. That was pretty cool. I had a great, great childhood, but my faith, even though I went to ch- church every Sunday, it was I didn't really have any. I yeah. didn't have a faith. So I'm 17 in high school, and we go for Fourth of July weekend down to Kentucky. We rented this big house down there, and we were just having a ball fishing and all that stuff that you go on. We had a wave runner out there and everything. And uh, my brother and my brother-in-law wanted to go out fishing one last time before we went golfing in the afternoon. Randy went out, said he had a really bad headache, sat down in the passenger seat of the boat, and fell over dead right into the water and sank. How old are you guys now, right now? I was 17. He was 23. 7, 23. So you're just so doing you weren't a, on the boat with him? I was not on the boat with him. I was in the front yard driving golf balls. My brother-in-law came back in the boat with a park ranger or water patrol guy or whatever. Yeah. And... Uh, I was making fun of him for he left. I thought he lost fishing license at home and was getting a ticket, and he just collapsed in my arms and said, "I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him." Oh my so goodness! That just so normal in one second, my life changed. So he was twenty three. You were seventeen. Yeah, he was. We were like best friends. We went. We were worked out in karate and martial arts and taekwondo classes. We'd go five days a week, sometimes three, four hours a day. Sometimes we'd go on Saturdays too. That was our may our life. I mean, we we just lived it. We were always together. Always together. And did when, they, if you don't mind me asking, did they ever find your brother's body? Yeah, he was, they didn't find him for four days. Wow. So four days we sat in our house and just, it was horrible. You just about get to where you couldn't think about it, you know, watching movies or something. And then the phone would ring or the doorbell would ring. And hmm. he was very popular. You know, our family was close with a lot of people. A lot of our family goes here now. Um, so we were just, we were close family yeah. and it was just tortured for four days. And then they, I, for four days, I'm like, he swam to shore. Lenny just didn't see it, you know, and he just, yeah. then we got the call Man, and that was just what just turned me. I never was, you know, I had any connection with God. I was, I was there. I knew all the, the memory verses that I had to do yeah. in the Lutheran churches and still, they're still in my head. So memorizing scripture does work cause it right. sticks. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. So what happened? Like, so this event happened, you guys, your family's mourning, you know, uh, you're finally, you know, you find his body, you have a funeral. 
all that takes place. You're trying to get back yeah. into just the normalcy of life, which is near to impossible. Yeah. So how does this change your relationship with God? Uh, they always say that you either go one way, you run towards God or run away from him. Mom and dad ran towards, I ran the opposite way. Wow. I was kind of mad. I didn't like shake my fist at him or, or I wasn't emotionally scarred in any way like that where it mm-hmm. just like can't stop thinking about it. But I just ran to the world. Uh, I mean, you're a 17-year-old kid. Right. Your brother just died. So. Yeah, yeah. Your best friend, and, and, brother. You know, I never went back in the karate gym again. I couldn't get myself to go into that building mm-hmm. because it was we had just so much memories there. And so I never went back to that. So that was five days a week of my life. I had that time to do nothing. So wow. I just started chasing girls. Wow. You, know, you just I, went the opposite direction. Yeah. My, my martial arts instructor life. told me, don't drink. It's bad for your body. So mm-hmm. I never did that. I never went. I never did the drugs. I never drank. Well, you did everything else. I did the other stuff. You know, one yeah. sin is just different than the other. It's not worse or better. Yeah. So that's what drove me that way and drove me away. And uh, I, I actually, I actually got saved by trying to go chase girls. So well, I mean, it, he used my, he used my weakness to sure. get me to him. So I went on a, I had some people come to our church and they were talking about a retreat. So you're uh, still going to church with oh yeah, your family. You're just, not major. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to church. I come home sometimes and go directly to church. <laughs> gotcha. Because, you know. It, you were coming home yeah, at five come in home the morning, from a prom or coming home for anything, night out. I would, I would just go straight there. So I'd be mm-hmm. in a tux sometimes or I'd be yeah. in my disco shirts. But wow. uh, Disco you know, so, shirts. I want yeah. to see that on the praise team. Okay. <laughs> Get me some satin shirts again. Yeah. So no, you're still going to church, but obviously now, church, not like I know you as very faithful, very committed, have a great relationship <laughs> with God. What what happened? Like I said, there was a group came to promote Teens in Con of Christ. It was a born in the Catholic Church, but then the Lutherans adapted it to their doctrine of beliefs, and they were. It's a three day retreat. You go there, and it's kind of like a lock in, but not the one with the games. And it was mm-hmm. all, you know, going through a process of the dying to Christ, rise, rising, and then living, and going out into the world and living it. And the people that were presenting it were pretty good looking. Yeah. So I said, I think I'm going to go so I can maybe, you know, connect with some of those girls. Sure. And I went for that sole reason. And I was sitting there listening to a pastor who was wearing his clerical and yeah. had it all on. And he was telling how he was the main organizer for the Berkeley Vietnam uh protest that went bad and everybody got beaten and oh, wow. all that. Wow. Uh, he was the main one and they came to get him and he was laying on the ground and they were beating him with his billy club and he was telling this testimony of how that's when he met God. Wow. He just heard a voice in his head that said, if you serve me, I'll I make this stop. This. Yeah. And he's committed to that on the ground while he was getting hit. And I'm like, man, it just, it was like, God just jumped right on me right from there. It, was, yeah. it just blew my mind and that was where I gave my Everything life to Christ. That weekend. That day. It was wow. like right after that I talked to him. So what did, what did life look like after that day, after that weekend, after that retreat? It looked as hard as I was chasing the other stuff. Mm. I Immediately went to, the other I went to that. It was 180 degrees. I went home from that retreat that night, and I got back. I got home about midnight, and I just laid on my mom and dad's floor and they were sleeping when I got home, and I'm just laid on their floor and talked to them about what I experienced wow. and what God, how I met God, and the things that happened. What? What did? How did? Like, did you at that point 
Was there any connection with your brother passing away and that weekend and you, you know, God taking, healing you, talking to you about that? Like, was there anything that, you know, for, or was it for you, like you realizing, oh, I've, I've been running from God. Was there any mind connection in your mind in regards to your brother's passing and you pushing, you know, you look back on it now and you can say, this is what I was doing. Yeah, but in the yeah. moment, was it there or no? I don't really think, I don't remember thinking of Randy mm-hmm. when that was happening. It was just that I saw that pastor's story rebellion of yeah. what he okay. was doing. Yeah was my, what I was doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting at a little table in this little room and it was just like tears just rolling down my face. Yeah. And then I was not a crier, still not that much of a crier, but you know. Right. But uh, I'm pretty good at segmenting things off, I guess. In my life. Like I just put that behind me. Randy, right. I cried for, you know, a long time and then I put it behind me. Sometimes it's till today I'll hear a song that he used to sing a lot in his band and I'll be driving down the road and, It'll, then it'll it'll break yeah. loose a little bit there, but you know, there's. Are you still are you still at all like? How did you deal with your anger towards God in regards to your brothers? Because I mean, like you said, you weren't shaking your hand toward God, but how did you eventually deal with your anger towards God because of your brother's death? Did that all go away after the retreat, or is it still? Was it still a little bit? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was God that just took it away because mm-hmm. I didn't have that anger. I didn't. Yeah, I put that absolutely. It went from being angry about that and chasing after the fun stuff of. You know the bars and I and dancing and your girls and whatever. To I poured it into God's guidance for me. It was you know I was twenty three when I got saved and started doing work working with youth. That next time, the next so it was six a month years from when your brother died to when mm-hmm. around. Yeah, it seems like a lot more because I got it. It's a lot of weird stuff. So it's yeah. you know when you just. I would. I was working as a carpenter then, and I would get paid on Friday, and I'd be out of money by Thursday. I'd cash my check and just chase it down the road. Yeah. So, what 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 would you say to the person listening to the LCC family uh, or anyone that like has a family member that's running? How would you uh, how would you encourage them to minister, to talk, to interact, or even a person that is running? You know, that might be listening. You know, and uh, what would be your words of wisdom and advice to them to to one that know someone that's running or to someone that is potentially running from God? I would say for somebody that uh, has somebody or knows somebody that's running, I think my biggest thing would be don't chase them mm. because it, I'd have just ran away farther. Oh, wow. But continue to just love them and continue to put them in front of things because I had, I think that's the biggest reason why I was able to hit the ground running when I got saved was I had the background and I had all that in my head, even though I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't, I hate it every it time made I went. Sense. But it finally made sense. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. It finally clicked when I met Jesus. Wow. That's and really I, cool. For somebody that's running, I would just say, you know, don't know that God isn't the one that hurt you. And he didn't take Randy away from me. Yeah. It was just, we live in an imperfect world. And it's just what happens. Yeah. I've, I've yeah, when a, we can't trust, when we can't trust or when we can't see what God's hands are doing, we can trust God's heart. We might not ever understand why something takes place on this side of eternity, yeah. but we know God's good. Yeah. And, and I will say us. that I didn't, like I said, I didn't yell and shout at God, but I know that 
he could handle it if I did. Well, you, you and, it's not, and it's not like you verbally did, but at the same in time, way, you're right. I thought my nose you and ran God, away from him. You were shouting, mm-hmm. exactly. you were yelling, you were screaming, you know, yeah. well, because you did know. And yeah. so, what was it like um, between you and your parents in that six year period? I know, obviously, eventually, I mean, you're 22, 23, you're an adult. Yeah. You're not, you're not, they're not like, they can't control everything you do, obviously, at that point. But yeah. what was it like? You still went to church that whole six years? Yeah, yeah. I respected my parents because they were great parents. Yeah. I mean. So they never really necessarily pushed you? Never pushed me. Um, Mom would always have focus on the family on and all the talks, and she'd record things for me. And They stayed present. They stayed present. Not pushy. And because, see, like I said, they went towards God. So she got more in-depth into it, and she uh, chased after it more than me or Dad. But then, you know, her just little things that mm-hmm. she would say would always there. She was, I knew that they loved me, and I think that's a key thing is, like I said. Unconditional love. Just love people. Yeah, that's that's kind of my life now. I mean, that's why I serve anybody I can because I love people where they're at mm-hmm. and I know that God has a plan for them, but they just aren't there yet. So I can have people that are drug addicts. I had one guy on the street that was a crackhead and he, that's probably not a nice thing to say, but that's what it goes by. Right. So, yeah, no. but, um, he came at me with an ax handle one time cause he was high and didn't recognize me and he was ready to kill me. Wow. And I, he stopped right before he got to me and recognized me because I give him ra- batteries for his radio. <laughs> and, sure. So I, I still love him. You know, and yeah, happened yeah. in New Orleans, a guy pulled a knife on me. Wow. And, and I, I didn't press charges because I knew that he had a problem. Mm-hmm. And a year later I went down for another time to rebuild the house for, after Katrina. Uh, we went down there and his mom came and told me that he got back on his medication and he's working full time. And had I pressed charges, he'd have been in jail because he had background Yep. and he would have never gotten there. No, it's really good. Wow. Yeah. It, I know little things, little things. And th- I know this is a little different than, you know, uh, than your story, the question I'm about to ask, but I know that this, these type of environments are important to you. Why, why are, um, missions trips, you know, and, and that's what you're, you're going to St. Louis once a month or you're going to New Orleans, like some of the things you're describing, you know, that you're doing. Why is it, Brent, like, you know, and obviously you've seen in your life how people serving you uh, kept you connected to God. And when you were ready to surrender, they were there to help you immediately move towards Christ. Yeah. Um, and so then obviously it's giving you this heart and passion to love people and serve people, which one of the best ways to do that is on a mission trip. Why are mission trips so important to us as Christians? Why is it so important that we're involved in them? Why is it that you love them? And so, yeah, you just hit my favorite question. Right. Yeah, I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew where I was going. Um, yeah. Uh, shortly after I went on my first mission trip, and the kids were, it was a trip to Alaska and it wasn't very spiritual at all. We, I mean, the, the pastor that was supposed to let us into the church didn't show up for three days. So I had to break into the church. Were you guys living like in, like teepee? We, what were you we were, staying, <laughs> we were staying in, in a, uh, in a church up there. Okay. That's and, awesome. Uh, he didn't show up because he had something else to do and he couldn't get to us for three days. So I broke into the church and we just started a VBS on our own. That's and, incredible. <laughs> Get the job done. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Call, better call Brent. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so those kids, and they're still they're still friends of ours. Almost everybody on that that went on that trip, but it wasn't very spiritual. And uh, we went. I got home and 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 we just started talking about the next time we were doing it because the kids really you really get close 
Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing about mission trips, I, I like mostly like local in the in our country because I can speak the language and I'm comfortable yeah. that way. But you know, we started doing more and more of them, and the longer they got, the more we got into some really good things. Like the first one that really went crazy was New Orleans, and I got we were going around knocking on doors, collecting prayer requests, and praying for people on the streets and. I had never prayed for anybody other than to say, you know, like, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these guests to us be blessed. Yeah. That was, you know, praying over my food. And then they said, okay, you got to take all these kids out on the worst street in New Orleans. And mm. you got to, you got to go knock on doors and tell them we're going to have a party in the park for the kids and pray for them on their porch. Wow. And there, I had like five kids crying. Everybody was scared to death. And we just did it. And That's incredible. One of the kids came up to me while we were walking along the street and said, Brent, why don't we do this at home? And I said, wow, that's a good question. (laughs) You just kicked me in the head. (laughs) I said, so we, I said, you find something you love and I'll take you and do it and help you start it. And Mm. so he called me about a couple months later and said, I found a thing. We get to go sleep on the street with the homeless for a night and just let's go do that. So we did that. And then from then on, We've been doing missions. And that's incredible, Brian. But we have that nonprofit, so we bring mission teams in. So that, that's why I'm passionate about it, because yeah. I see the change in people's lives. I've led probably 45 mission trips. It's incredible. And just to watch the change when God moves and the light comes on. Yep, that's good. It's awesome. Our last question. So if, if you could say anything to the people listening to the LCC family, any type of message to leave them with, what would that be? Kind of put you on the spot there, sorry. I didn't get that message. No, we don't. We don't usually. I got uh, zero notes. This is all off the cuff. Yeah. um, It's your story, man. (laughs) It would be, I would say what I said earlier, it's love people Mm -hmm. and serve God. That's kind of my motto. I mean, God gave me a call and and it was very clear. And he said, I'm calling my call is to take people outside their comfort zone to where they can have to rely on God. And that's where they'll meet me. I love it, Brent. I love it. Hey, do you mind uh, closing this whole thing up praying yeah. for our LCC family? Yeah. Appreciate it. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this chance to get together and just share stories and talk and just talk about you and and share the, the goals that you have for us. I pray that you release a loving spirit into our church that just draws people from all over to come meet you. Uh, get any of us that are trying to get in the way out and let them see you, you through us and what we do. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the This Is Life podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story, you can text the word story to 618-232-4707. For more information on Life Community Church, you can visit our website at lifeillinois.org. We'd also love to see you on a Sunday morning at church at either 830 or 1030.